All right, man. Hey, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Episode two already. <laughs> Getting right yeah. after it. No, I think it, it went pretty well. We actually, last time, as soon as we stopped recording, we went on for another hour. So we realized, you know, plenty of material to go off of. I know. We're going to have to do this one quick today because you only have an hour, right? Yeah. I mean, I work from home. So technically, as long as no one from work is watching this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't need to know when we recorded this. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. So so what's on the agenda today, man? Yeah. I mean, kind of like it was interesting where we what we talked about last time was interesting thinking of what to do about the issue of, I think, of having novice people being invited to nationals has really created this situation where so many people would rather do novice than nationals which i think is making the open classes so small at least for uss sometimes you don't even have enough people to make a class yeah oh man do i have an opinion on that <laughs> we're just gonna jump right into the deep end here Episode two. <laughs> man if if uh if pitchforks and torches don't come out on this episode i, I don't know what what it'll take <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I'm going to probably lead, though, with, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with novice class, right? Um, I think it serves a good purpose. Um, I just, you know, I mean, because it's, uh, there's a lot going on in Strongman nowadays, and it can be intimidating for, you know, people starting. Um, you know, Highland Games has novice. I think I think most sports have some sort of novice division, which is cool. Um, but I think that that in strongman, it's I mean, it's like you mentioned. I mean, it's kind of becoming uh, abused in in a way. You know, my my kind of opinion on strongman is, I mean, well, I, I don't think that it's wrong. Is that you know the spirit of strongman is is to glorify absolute dominant strength, right? And somewhere along the line, you know, when I started Strongman back in, you know, my first competition was 2008. There was only two uh, weight classes. There was, you know, for men, there was under 105, which was a light, was lightweight. And then the open class, um, that's all there was. And the expectation was that uh, lightweight was the stepping stone into, into the open class. So there was already kind of like that novice amateur you know, maybe it wasn't novice. It was definitely considered amateur, and and you know, uh, Strongman Champions League still recognizes it as such. Um, I don't know that they'll ever refer to under one hundred five k or less as anything more than amateur. Um, you know, but but you know, uh, there was you know eventually some conversation in the sport about adding additional weight classes and and you know, increasing opportunities for the lighter weight classes. That's why I stayed as a 105. Um, you know, some of them, you know, never really came to fruition, unfortunately, not until recently. And that's like from, you know, different organizations. Uh, but, you know, somewhere along the line, we, you know, we, we, we got this novice class and, you know, I don't know when it first started. Novice was intended, at least the way I understood it is, you know, that's like for absolute beginners, people that have never touched an implement. That's what novice is for. Um, you know, it's an introduction. And, you know, uh, depending on the organization, you know, or the promoter, 
you know, there was, there's different perspectives, you know, novices may be a one and done thing and you move into amateur or it's no more than three competitions. And certainly if you win, right, you're not supposed to do novice again, but, you know, fast forward to 21, 22, um, I've been seeing it locally here. Um, like you said, the, the largest class consistently here is novice. Like there's not that many people entering strongman. <laughs> Um, you know, sure, you know, maybe one time it would have made sense, but over and over and it's like growing and growing. Um, people are are making it a career class, which is not what it was ever intended to be. And now is it because, you know, USS uh, uh, invites novices to nationals? I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it just seems very counter to the spirit of the sport to 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 be having this big career club novice class you know uh promoters are not pushing these guys into the amateurs and pushing them up uh it's you know they're just allowing them to be in in those classes and and you know and i don't know if it's a it's money driven or what it is but you know it's a, like i said i mean in my opinion it's very counterintuitive to to the spirit of of the sport it's become um, almost uh, uh, <laughs> a sport of mediocrity at the lower levels rather than, you know, a sport of, of dominant strength. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of unfortunate. Cause like you said to I me, mean, you know, I don't do amateur shows very often. I did one show here recently was in the USS pro class. Um, you know, I did it to help out. They were short a person. Um, but yeah, you, the open classes have shrunk dramatically while the novices increased, and um, yeah, it just seems kind of a kind of an oddity to me. Yeah, no, I think I think it makes a difference because I think a part of it is that being invited to nationals makes a difference. If I know some people, I've heard comments as someone who's competed in novice multiple times, it's like that idea of like, I don't think I'd get an invite to nationals if I did open, but I know I can, if you did novice, but like you said, I think it starts to defeat the purpose of it because for many people it's created this double-edged sword where you need to have the weights high enough to like be really challenging in novice sometimes because it's like, that's where most of your show is happening, but then it makes it. So it's like, is it really the novice thing? If you're having the weights be as high close to like what the open would be, or, and I don't know exactly what the solution would be because as someone who is, has helped run shows and everything, a part of me, there's been several shows I've done where I watched people who after the first event, I was like, if I was running this event, I'd be like, Hey, you're, you're in the open class. Like you got double digits on the overhead pressing event, like probably yeah. the open thing of like, I think. Yeah. What I did one show in Houston, and there was a guy in the novice class who, once you went to the scoreboard, there are several max events. He actually would have taken first place in the open class if he had been in the open class, and he had double digits in almost everything. Dude, that's just like that blows my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Um, hat like where have we gone as a sport that that's even like acceptable let alone tolerated right um you know these guys i mean people are out here training <laughs> like full like 12 week training cycles for a for a fucking novice show man like 
you know, pull your fucking big boy fucking panties up and, you know, man the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of like, that's my, like my thought process. Like if you're not going to challenge yourself, then, you know, why are you doing strongman? You know, go do something else. Like, you know, I, I know that, you know, the, the whole like strongman is for every, everyone thing, you know, kind of that whole narrative started back in like 2000, I don't know when it was like 2000, somewhere between 2010, 2014. And, you know, I don't know that strongman is for everyone. Um, it can't, I mean, I guess it can be if, if we, if, you know, if it's a, a, a participation sport um, and, you know, uh, a sport of mediocrity, but, but me personally, I've never saw strongman as that, right? Again, strongman has been the spirit of it is this absolute dominant strength, right? We glorify the strongest man, not the strongest, weakest man. And I mean, that's, you know, these guys are going in and winning trophies and, and bragging about winning novice. And it's like, you know, that's not what strongman is about, man. You know, um, and, and, you know, my opinion really doesn't, doesn't fucking matter at the end of it. Right. He doesn't do whatever they want. It, it's allowed. It, it's there. Um, but but me personally, you know, I have I just like I have no respect for people that are going to not challenge themselves. Like, I don't want to help them. I don't want to train with them. Um, you know, I want to train with people that are out to grow, um, to push themselves to be better every single day. And I'm going to respect the guy that goes straight into the open amateur or even higher any day of the week than the guy that repetitively goes to novice and especially the one that wins novice and then signs back up for novice. Like that's just like, you know, get, get out of here, man. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, teach his own, you know, I mean, they can do it if they want. It's allowed. Unfortunately, you know, I think uh, again, you know, as someone who climbed up through the ranks of strongman, um, I hold it near and dear to my heart. And, you know, what goes on in amateur doesn't really pertain to me anymore. But, but again, it pains me to see that this is where the sport is, has gone. This is the direction it's gone rather than continuing this uh, glorification of, of being the strongest. We've now become, you know, a, a sport that, that applauds and glorifies mediocrity. And yeah, it kind of, it just leaves kind of a bad taste in it. I guess. Yeah. And I think a part of it, I also, it's the issue. And I know I'm, I'm guilty of it of like, because my overhead press is terrible and I tend to be on the lighter side of things, having the lightweight cutoff be a 220. I'm like, at least I'm going against guys who are heavier than I am. And like, it's, it's a challenge. Cause I know I'll still zero at least one event, but I've realized there is that the last show I did a hundred percent after I did it, I was like, this was a novice only show that was unsanctioned, but it was interesting because someone actually asked um, Will Wessels with USS. They were like, if you podiumed in this, he was like, you wouldn't ever be allowed to do nationals in USS, even if it's an unsanctioned thing. Cause he was like, you're clearly not a novice and everything. And I think it's interesting because that surprised some people, but you have people hitting like 250, 275 pound logs, 600 pound deadlifts. Like it is one of those things that, for me, this was like, I hadn't done strongman in about a year. I was going to do this. But then I realized like, in retrospect, I could have done the heavyweight weights and everything. And if there had been an open class, there is that. But I think it's interesting because talking to friends, it's interesting because a lot of my um, female friends 
they're fine with competing in the open class because they're like, I might zero an event. I might zero two events. Whereas I've actually heard multiple times um, guys say like, oh, I would never do an event that I know that I'd zero one or two events in. Or I wouldn't do this unless I know I could get at least five or six reps. And that's like... Why not though? Right? I mean, you know, uh, there's a saying that I really like, and it's... um, if you surround yourself by nine idiots, you're sure to be the 10th. Yeah. Right. And, and it, and it's kind of the same, right. I'm not calling novices idiots. That's not yeah. the, the implication. <laughs> here. Um, but the point is, is that you try, I mean, it's the same thing. You surround yourself with like nine weak people. You're sure to be the 10th weakest person, right? Do you want yeah. to grow? Do you want to be better? I mean, it's it, it, everything in life. It doesn't matter if it's your work life or your hobbies or, you know, anything. If you want to be better, you, you surround yourself by people that are better than you, right? You've got to lose and fail in order to grow. Um, a failure, a failure to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, avoidance of failure is avoidance of success. Yeah. Right. Cause you, cause, cause if you ever talk to somebody that tells you that they've never failed at something, right. They've never, they've never made a mistake. You can confidently look at that person and say, well, then you, you've never learned anything in your, in your life. Yeah. And And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, with strongman, that's the same thing, right? I mean, if you want to get better and maybe, maybe these guys don't want to get better and it's just a hobby for a lot of them. And it is for a lot of people, right? It's just a hobby. I mean, it's really just a hobby for me, a hobby that I probably take way too seriously at the end of the day because, because again, I'm not making any money at it. Very, very little if I'm making any, um, but I mean, it's just, it's about personal growth, right? And, and you know, I, again, I, I'm going to respect anybody far, far more that is is going out every day um, looking to be better than they were yesterday. Yeah, I think that makes a huge difference. And I think it's interesting because I think some people view it as like, oh, I want to do this to have fun, but fun for them entails doing well at it. And it's like, I think trying to change that dynamic in your mind that, I, you're doing this to challenge yourself and challenging yourself should be fun of that idea. And that, like you said, it's very much true of like, you become who you surround yourself with that, that talk that they said, if you deadlift 600 pounds, but you only ever lift with people who deadlift 400 pounds, your deadlift's not going to go up. It's eventually you'll be a 500 pound deadlifter and still feel accomplished because you're still miles ahead of the people around you. Exactly, man. Like, you know, I'm, I mean, a good example, um, you know, I trained around strongmen for many years and strongmen typically don't have any necessary body composition goals. Right. And so neither did I, um, I started training at a CrossFit gym. Everybody's lean and mean and looks good, man. I'm like, I'm motivated now to go and, and get lean. I'm the leanest I've ever been in my life. Right. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't surround myself by the people that, that I want, you know, that, that, uh, I wanted to, Maybe not, and I don't know if emulates the right word. Um, I don't want to be like them. I want to be like myself, but I want to be around people that have similar goals and and purpose in life, right? And I want to be around people that are doing it better than me because that's the motivation. That's the, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, that's the motivation to do it, right? I mean, you surround yourself by people that are better than you. You're going to either you know, fall out, um, or you're going to rise to the top, right? Or you're going to 
rise to some better place than you were before, no matter what. And, you know, again, anywhere in life, I mean, you know, if I was in a dark, if you were in a dark alley, would you rather be surrounded by, you know, 10 of the weakest guys and be the strongest one? Or would you rather be the weakest one surrounded by 10 of the strongest people, (laughs) you know, in in a dark alley? I'd rather be the weakest guy amongst, amongst uh, strong men or stronger people than me, you know, especially if it came to a fight, I'd rather be surrounded by people that are smarter than me in business. Um, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for my ego. Um, Matter of fact, it's just, it's a, it's a frustration for me. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's my perspective on life though, um, in general. And, and, you know, maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but, I think it's important of that idea of kind of a theme that comes up in a lot of times in the fitness community is like embracing the struggle and embracing challenge. And I think there is this idea. Sometimes people are like, oh, I want to be the best at everything. But ideally, you always want to have people around you who are better than you to help push you at that idea of like, I would much rather be when I work out with people, some of the funnest workouts I've ever had or with people who are way heavier than I am, because you push yourself way more than you would of like, I think there's a funny video. It's it's one of the best videos on Instagram, but uh, what's his name? Derek Owens going head to head with Stephen Good doing a sandbag thing of like, Stephen's 130 pounds, he's 200 some pounds. And like, they go head to head. And then Derek's like, I beat you. I know I did. Like, look at the video. And it's funny because like, you see that, like the fury and the energy there of like, a real challenge where it's like, would you push yourself that hard going against someone who you're way stronger than and everything like would the, I think that like friendly rivalry is important because like you said, like, even if this is a hobby, you still always want to be improving yourself of like, it's as much as people clown on or joke about CrossFit and everything. I've seen some incredible athletes come out of there. Like I've been surprised going to a gym now that has a lot of weightlifting people, how many people came out of CrossFit as serious weightlifters and you see people like dimitri klokov going to crossfit as a serious weightlifter like yeah people people that are are not capable right are always gonna you know dog on the people who who are um just maybe ironic because i'm actually dogging on people who are not pushing themselves to be to be better (laughs) you know (laughs) um you know, but I'm not dogging on them to say that, like, you know, your sport sucks or or anything. I'm dogging, you know, to, you know, to man the fuck up and yeah. and, so, yeah, and something better. Right. Like, go go and like have a little bit of self-respect and, um, you know, have a little drive. And and, and if you're going to do strongman specifically, that is, I mean, it's literally the strongest man. Right. You. you you should be striving to become the strongest man. That's the point of the sport. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, on one hand, I, you know, I, it's just me. I struggle to see the concept of strongman as just a, a, a pastime hobby that I'm just going to go and, and have a little bit of fun on the weekend, you know, uh, and do novice, like, cause it's, it's the strongest man. Right. It's yeah. <laughs> the entire purpose is, is to become the strongest man. That's that's the goal. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if that wasn't the case. Right. And I and yeah. I may never become the strongest. 
I mean, I've won a few competitions, of course, you know, um, I won 2018 USS Nationals overall, uh, but, you know, at the very, very top, I'm happy just to be there. Um, I'm fine with losing. And as a matter of fact, I think I lose more now than I've ever, ever lost. <laughs> you know, that's something that happens too. And you, when you rise in the ranks, I think for a lot of us, you know, you just you end up be getting comfortable with losing, but that's okay. That's okay yeah. because you know, at the end of the day, um, it's not, it's not about winning, right? It's about doing better than you did being, being a better version of yourself every single day, right? If, if your problem is, is fear of losing, you can't go and compete without winning, right? I mean, you're just, you're, you're never going to succeed. You have to lose. You have to fail. Um, failure is a good thing. Yeah. And I think pushing yourself of like, you want to surround yourself by people who are smarter than you, more successful than you, and are in generally doing better in life. Because there is that idea of like, you want to keep moving up in your station in life and whatever you're doing and whatever capacity. There is this idea of like, I think sometimes it is easy to kind of coast and to accept like an easy route and everything because it is like, it's the way so many things are engineered is this idea of like, would you rather get a rep you can easily know with a stone that's 50 pounds less, or would you rather really push yourself and get that one really incredible lift of that idea of like training as hard, like really finding your limits? Because I think so many, I think the biggest thing is like, we're not necessarily like, talking bad about people, but it's that idea of like with an event, you don't want to simply be running out of time. Like I feel most accomplished after an event when I'm just run out of gas, like that feeling where you're like, I literally could not rep. I could, if you had a gun to my head, I could not do another rep, even if I wanted to like yeah. that to me, that feeling of like completely pouring your cup out and being empty is like, there are very few things that actually can compare to that in life. Whereas like that idea of some people, it's like, you're like, oh, he probably had three or four more reps in him. He just ran out of the 60 second counter. And you're like, who knows where you would have gone? Where's that feeling of like, you said of being able to get that, like two or three reps of something you've never done before. Of that idea yeah. of seeing people really rise to the challenge of that idea. Like to me, some of the most impressive lifts I've seen in competition and stuff are those people who as you're prepping up and you're like giving them some ammonia or chalk, they're like, dude, I've never done this before. Like my, my biggest PR is 40 pounds under this and everything and go out and like somehow hit it because there is that like rising to the occasion. And I think a part of it, namely having kind of like last, like last episode talking about setting that standard is because you want to keep advancing the sport, but advancing people, you want people to be improving themselves overall. There is that idea of I think like you want to keep moving up because it is easy at times to like stick with what you know and being a big fish in a small pond feels great and everything. But I would much rather be a bigger fish in an ocean trying to get better. Sure. That idea, I think trying to really see where the human limits are. And we are with the sport. So much of like you were saying, after we talked about last 
time I was just going over people's world records and seeing the progress we made in the past decade there. Yeah, like it's incredible. Yeah, and that it's only happened, I mean, you look at yeah. you, you know, uh sorry to to cut you off there, but no. you know, a couple of things. I mean, one, I think you put it a, a little bit nicer than I do. I'm kind of a dick sometimes about <laughs> how how I say things, but but you're right. I mean, we should be helping we should be helping people move forward, right? As a sport. Um you know, uh, I've always kind of believed that, you know, anybody that encourages you to hold back or, you know, not improve yourself, they're not doing you any favors, right? Those aren't, those aren't the best people to surround yourself with, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, as, as athletes, other athletes, as promoters, right, our job should be, right, the, the positive out of that is this is pushing people for to be better, right? That's a positive, that's a net positive. And that's, um, you know, what the sport really used to be about when I entered it was everybody was there to, to give each other a little bit of a push. I mean, some people were a little bit pushed a little harder than others. Um, you know, people I started out with, there was no, there was no excuses, you know, and they, you know, my first competition was a platinum plus comp, comp, you know, back in the day, that was the highest level just behind nationals and in, in NAS. It used to be NAS before Strongman Corp. Um, and the guys that I was training with were going to this show and, you know, I had that brief moment of doubt. I said, you know, just before we were getting in the car to drive to it, I said, you know, I'm not going to do well. Like I can, I can't do a lot of these, these events. And they told me to shut the fuck up and get in the car, right? <laughs> You're doing the damn show, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I did. And I think I took like second to last, right? Out of 14 guys, I think I was 13. You know, that was my first, that was my introduction. And, and you know what? I didn't die. As a matter of fact, I got hooked. I loved it. Um, you know, that failure really drove me, you know, kind of put that bug in inside me to, to just, go out and do the very, very best I could. And here 14 plus years later, like I can't, I don't know. Now I just, I can't stop. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I, sometimes I threaten it. I'm going to like stop and I'm not going to do strongman anymore because I'm 43 now, but I'm like, and I find an excuse to go to another show. I'm like, now I just can't stop. There's no breaks. Um, yeah. But um, so yeah, there was another point and I've, I've let it go now. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's important, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I come off a little, a little hard and a little, uh, a little bit of a dick about things, but the truth is that, you know, the underlying, uh, point is, is that, that we as a sport really need to be coming together and being more of a, more of a motivating fat, you know, uh, being more motivated to push athletes forward to to improve like that's that is the net positive uh from the community i think so yeah and i think that is the key of overall i think for one the fact that you're 43 and still like crushing it is impressive and inspirational because i run into as someone who's on my way to 33 of so many people use the excuse of age as like why they're not where they're at or there's like that classic thing of like oh back in high school or back in college i could do this and I think once you settle on that limits of like, I'm not good at this, so I'm not going to do it. You're like, would you do that in anything else in life of like trying to push yourself is 
the way to succeed of, I think, I mean, we talk a lot about strongman and stuff, but like just my experience of like, I went from delivering pizzas for years and years and then did a coding boot camp. And after one month, they showed us how to make our resumes look nice. And I just started applying to jobs all the time. Like, and I actually at one point had an interview with the CEO of a company and he looked at my, I guess a, his intern or someone had put my resume there. He looks at it and he's like, I'll be honest, you're not going to get the job. We're looking for someone who's actually been a software developer. Like you, you're, you're what, one month into a coding bootcamp. And it's funny <laughs> because it was actually a really great experience because how often do you get a sit down where he's like, but I'll tell you how it is to be in the business. And we had an hour long one-on-one -on -one thing his intern went and got us lunch. And it was like, how often would you have that kind of experience as someone who's delivering sandwiches for Jimmy John's if you weren't trying to push yourself? Because so many people, they were like, they'll look at jobs and so many things and say, oh, I don't have that enough, enough experience, so I'm not even going to try. Or I don't think yeah. I can do that. And it's like, the way you push yourself of like, I mean, even to use this podcast as an example, I've, I've spent years of my life thinking like, oh, I just don't have what it takes. Like, I don't have the right setup. I don't have a good microphone. My camera is just my webcam. Like mm -hmm. all the excuses in the book. And then it was like talking to you. It's like, it's that thing. Shut up and get in the car. Like, yeah, man. I, I, dude, you got it. Sometimes you just got to take a leap, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm the same way too. I mean, I was a little hesitant to start this too. And I mean, we haven't, we haven't posted anything yet. So we don't know what the response is going to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm a little nervous about this episode. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because uh, I mean I got some strong opinions and you know and I and I think back and forth too. You know, I mean, should I have an opinion? Should it matter? Should I should I express that opinion? You know, who's going to care? Um, you know, is it just going to make me look like a big asshole? I mean, sometimes I am just a big asshole. So um, you know, either either people are going to um, you know relate or you know they're going to be offended and you know at the end of the day i guess i i have no control how people are going to react and so yeah there's only one way to find out right we gotta we gotta we gotta try yeah and i think a part of it and today's try day by the day by by the way yeah. thanks to to taylor <laughs> <Go Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> try day yeah because i think there is that idea of Oftentimes, like as a culture, we misconstrue criticism as being a bad thing or this idea of like where in reality, if we don't care about you, uh, at least for me, if I don't care about you, I'm not giving you advice or like saying, I think you could do better. I'm just going to ignore it and everything because there is that idea of you want people to be pushing themselves because a rising tide helps all ships and everything like you pushing yourself in the gym people see that and they push themselves, which in turn creates the cycle of this idea of especially someone with like your skill level and doing this for so long and stuff. Like it is an inspiration to so many people who are still like getting into it or this idea. It's been weird having how many, seeing how many people will tell me like, oh man, like you got into this game late. And it's like, no, I didn't start. I did my first barbell squat in 2018. Like, so I'm still, nice. I didn't. And how old are you? Lift. Yeah. 30, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 33 in May. So, so me. yeah, dude, that's cool, man. Yeah. I like, 
Yeah. So I, I didn't start lifting weights until I was probably almost 26. Yeah. Um, and dude, I, I, when I started, uh, I'm not even kidding. I was 165 pounds, um, six foot one, you know, being pole, I couldn't even bench 95 pounds. <laughs> 18 years later, or however many years it is now, 17, 18 years later, you know, it's been a long, long road for me. And, you know, and I guess, you know, I, I have to relate to my story for a lot of people that, uh, you know, feel like they can't, you know, it's going to be too hard or, you know, they don't have the genetics or, you know, whatever the excuses are, you know, um, and I hate excuses because as me as an example, you know, I've had to work harder than some other people, right? I mean, there's guys that come into weightlifting or the sport and they're just like, at the top in a few years, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's taken me a long, long time. I mean, I won nationals in 2018. I had a little bit of a, a dip in there, you know, life stuff always kind of gets in the way, but, um, you know, for me to start consistently competing at the very top, man, it's taken me almost that entire, like 14, 15 years. Right. Um, so, so I guess the point is, is that, you know, sometimes it just requires hard work and like, you got to stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Right. We're yeah. all, all, we're all different. We're all unique. Um, what works for one doesn't always work for the other, but if you have a goal, you know, you really want to accomplish something like, you know, make it happen. Uh, you know, stop the excuses and, and just go out and do it and, and, and keep trying. You know, don't take the easy, the easy route's not going to get you anywhere you want to go. Right. I mean, um, who's the author, the 10, 10 X rule, um, his name's Rand escaping. Cardone. What yeah. was it? Rand Cardone. Yeah. 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 Like, like if you like average, average, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Um, average effort produces average results. Right. If you want to be great, right, you have to put in great effort. And that's just that's just the bottom that there's no secrets. Right. There's no magic bullet. There's no magic diet training routine, you know, peds or otherwise. Like if, if you're you know, not and, and I know guys that like that have used ridiculous amount of peds and gotten absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Right. There, there's no magic formula except for fucking hard work right and sometimes it takes a long time and that's okay like just don't give up right you have to be persistent and you have to be disciplined and you have to put in the time like you have to pay your dues that's just all there is to it like everybody before you has had to pay their dues to get to where they're at right some of them some of them pay dividends much sooner than others right so be it right i mean it's the same in school too you know i knew people in college that you know they they somehow managed to freaking get drunk and drug every day and still get A's, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, fortunate for them. I had to, I had to study my ass off to get A's, but it's possible, right? It's just a, it's a matter of what you're willing to, to, uh, to do the effort that you're willing to put in to accomplish your goals. And, and, you know, you know, if I, and, and I got, and I guess, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm really, you know, when it comes to the novice conversation, I don't know if I'm dogging on the people as much as I'm dogging on the sport. Right. Yeah. Um, 
because it, it's really the sport that has allowed it to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, on one hand, I mean, a lot of those people, you know, probably wouldn't even be here if the sport didn't allow it. And yeah. And yeah. And I would like to see the sport kind of um, raise the standard. Right. I mean, again, we're talking about standards, right. Standards across the board. Um, Cause I know when I, when I've gone out to try to find sponsorship here locally for shows, I've had sponsors literally tell me like they're not interested because Strongman's a shit show. Right? Yeah. Cause that's their experience, right. That's what they've seen locally. And so, you know, on one hand, the, the lower level is reflective on the entire sport. And if we're trying to grow it, you know, like we discussed in our last conversation, you know, my opinion, you want external money, you have to grow the, the audience and to get the audience, um, it has to be attractive, right? Um, yeah. It has to be attractive to draw the sponsorship, right? Sponsors aren't going to sponsor you if you don't have an audience. Um, and so in a lot of ways, like there's a lot of areas that I, I think that need to be cleaned up. Right. I mean, uh, America, uh, USA weightlifting, right. They don't just let anybody put on a show. There's very strict standards. Um, and there's very strict standards on how people climb through the ranks. Uh, strongman lacks all of that. And, and, you know, it'd be nice if we could get, you know, going back into the standardization conversation, um, strongman needs some standardization. Uh, it just does. If we're going to be a sport or if we're just going to continue being a hobby that has no money in. Yeah. Cause there, there is an obvious demand for like fitness stuff of, I think there's an idea of, I mean, what is it? CrossFit started in like 2007 and just took off because there was like this urge and part of what was smart is like, they put everything out there to like do these free videos and movies on YouTube that were like, documentary quality of this Dude, idea. they literally they literally took strongman and made it profitable that's what crossfit did and that's i think that's the main thing there that's surprising of this idea it's interesting that in crossfit they have like the rx or the scaled back version and everything but on most crossfit gyms i've seen like it's funny because like guys don't want to do that like most people don't want to actually do the scaled back version of like whatever workout because there is that, like, I want to say that I tried, I tried the CrossFit Games qualifier or whatever. And I think it's interesting because the CrossFit Games, every box will do their qualifier. And it's in, it was fascinating. It's like the first gym we were at did powerlifting inside a CrossFit gym. But like seeing those people would just try it just so they could say the CrossFit Games was this objective way to, because you could see your rankings with everything. Kind of like what what's a really great fairly standardized system is like static monsters has started off doing a similar thing of like seeing how you rank. And I think it's that idea of, I think sometimes there is like a culture of sometimes like wanting, if you see yourself on a list, you want to see yourself in the top three, whereas like in reality with so many, what was impressive seeing CrossFit athletes is they actually wanted to see where their name was on the list out of everyone who's doing it. You want to see how, you're you are in relation to like Tia Claire Toomey or like Matt Frazier you want to see objectively how you compare in that and I think like you said they really did take strongman and like made it profitable like seeing those CrossFit women do the bagged shoulder of like 250 some pounds like like it's nothing I was like it's yeah it's um, yeah yeah, they're kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, the strongman athletes are starting to catch up to, to 
or CrossFit athletes are starting to catch up to Strymon. Um, you know, yeah. there's, you know, kind of looked at that sometimes. I'm like, you know, the weights that they're doing in CrossFit are just too far off from what what we're doing. And in some ways, some of like, like the the power cleans and and jerks and stuff, dude, they're putting up more weight than on average than what strongman competitors are in the same weight class. Um, yeah. it's it's insane. Jerks and everything. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I watched one. I don't. I, I don't follow CrossFit too close, but I was watching one competition and. Yeah, I mean, they were doing like 600 to 700 pound yokes at under, you know, I don't know what the weight class is, around 220, 231, something like yeah. that. Right? Like, I think, doing, and, and they're not just doing that. They're doing like things for like five minutes at a time. And I'm like, is Strongman, I'm, I'm sorry, like, like, man, is Strongman going to be relevant in the next 10 years? Yeah. You know, something's got to change if, if it's going to be because CrossFit is quickly catching up and, and I mean, it commands a hell of a lot more attention. Um, you know, and from a weight class perspective, and, and again, I mean, some people are probably going to hate me for saying this too, but you know, in some ways, I think that, you know, rather than strongman being for everyone, those people probably should just go do CrossFit. Yeah. Because you know? that's, that's what CrossFit is really there for, right? CrossFit is for everyone, right? CrossFit is, is the, the smaller strongman. And, and, and I mean, they're catching up. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and, and really in the big scheme of things, the only weight class anybody truly gives a shit about are those super heavyweight guys, right? Yeah. They're the ones, they're the, they're the monster trucks of racing, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, um, we didn't see, we didn't see weight class strongman at the, the rogue invitational, right? Why? Yeah. Why, why would you, I mean, you had CrossFit, like doing basically the same shit in the same way. Um, I, I think, yeah, you're right that that'll make a huge difference. And the thing is, like, as much as people might dog on CrossFit, like the fact that the CrossFit Games winners, the purse was $300,000 for first place. And you have people who won that four years in a row like that. There is the money for these things of like, I mean, you have Reebok somehow went from a brand that like I didn't know anything about for years. And suddenly, like, you have this thing of like, oh, we're putting on events that. We have hundreds of competitors. We're going to pay out six-figure payouts to the people at the top. They're going to have sponsorships, all these things. I think, but it's that idea of, and you don't want necessarily want rigid standards everywhere, but there is that idea of like everyone generally kind of does the same workouts and that same scheme. So it is like you do have these objective lists of you have every man in your gym seeing how many times he can snatch 225 or 185 and stuff. And it's yeah. that idea of seeing where you stack up. And I think while some of the things they do of like the pull-ups and everything, people always joke about and everything, but there is that, <laughs> yeah, those kipping pull-ups are like ridiculous, but they do so much other than that. Like, I think people tend to like focus on these like, smaller things but like you think about it can you imagine like how many athletes or people do you know who could like run a 5k and then do a triple body weight yoke and then do a sandbag medley and so i know people who can't even do the 5k part <laughs> and it's ridiculous um but i mean talking about the the money uh i recently saw, saw a top 10 list of the previous i don't know if it was like 2021 or if it's just the last year whatever it is crossfit athletes um competition winnings only the top is that uh, that tia and again i don't follow crossfit enough yeah, I can't tia 
Yeah. So she made almost $700,000, man, in just competition winnings. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, you're right. There's the, the money's there. I mean, dude, the NFL makes like 13, 14 billion a year in endorsements alone. Um, yeah. The money's out there, but if you don't have an audience to watch, sponsors get don't have an ROI. Why would they invest in you if, if nobody's going to see their name, see their brand or, or anything and, and spend money on? Um, and that's kind of always been been a big argument for me. Like you have to make the sport attractive. You know, it has to be palatable in a palatable format that people can watch. It has to have some manner of standardization so you can track and compare. I mean, look, people that watch football, right? People are, that are serious football fans, right? They they know they're they're looking at athlete stats all of the time. Like those are big deals to to fans, fans that aren't playing the sport. Um, yeah. You know, what I mean, there's so many areas in strongman that that to me are so blatantly, obviously detracting audiences. Um, we can't even communicate the scores half the damn time to the audience, right? Um, you watch a competition, you know, as a as a as a a uh, fan as an audience member, and, you know, you, you don't know who's scoring what, whose score is what. You don't know who's winning. You don't know who's losing. You don't know even half the time what their actual performance was because there's zero score communication. Like, yeah, Strongman is like one of the few, if not the only sports that doesn't have a scoreboard, right? The the engagement with the audience is is utterly non-existent in Strongman. Um, and so, you know, there's all, all kinds of little things like that that, you know, how can we expect to grow an audience when we're not, you know, we're, we're so concerned about, it's such an athlete centric, it has been for so long, right? It's such an athlete centric um, uh, sport, um, you know, it, and, and it needs to kind of veer away from that. You know, yes, the athletes are important, right? I mean, I think that we deserve reward for our hard work, but, but you can't get that reward if there's no money, right? Um, yeah. And so, you know, again, I mean, that's kind of where Clash is making some sacrifices that I like, um, you know, running shows faster. You know, that's kind of a little bit at the expense of the athletes, but it's a good, you know, it's a good trade off. But, you know, we still need to get better in some regards, like, again, you know, some standardization so that there's trackable um, stats from, you know, one athlete to the next, one competition to the next, um, you know, score sharing, score communication, engagement with the crowd. I mean, it's just there's a laundry list of things that that strongman just has never caught up to, um, you know, and just and just standards in general, like like people. I mean, the cult of strongman, right? And 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 I'm gonna call it a cult because it's very culty at times, right? I mean, um, I remember I remember reading threads online back in the day where. You know, everybody just, you, you weren't allowed to ask anybody for any money to help you with travel costs because, because it's the cult expects that you just have to pay for it out of, out of your own pocket because that's what everybody before you has done. And it's like, eh, I don't know about that, but, um, but, but the, you know, that kind of cult has been, in my opinion, holding, holding progress back. Um, you know, they don't want standardization. I mean, I've seen conversations over the years of, you know, 
we don't want standardized. We want everything to be, you know, crazy and unique. And that's cool. Like that is what's fun about strongman, but you can't also expect it to become uh, a sport that draws money. I, I mean, that's yeah. my opinion. You got to have standardization if you want to make it attractive and palatable for, for an audience. And I think there is that of like, you see so many athletes now of like, almost every strongman now has a YouTube channel. Some of them have YouTube channels that are just massive of like so much revenue and everything. So there is that like, but they're the top, top guys. Yeah. The top, top guys. Yeah. But I think, I think more and more of, I think things will start to shift because I think one healthy change that's, I think has happened in the past few years is that idea of like having people, help you out or like doing things i think something of like handy things you can do is like let's say start a podcast like you're offering a service and you hopefully get some support from that and everything i think these ways of like different alternative forms of support are out there that are like substantial income sources of i think one thing that was astounding to me is to realize it's an independent platform and like there's independent creators on here but they have a new Patreon level that they're going to introduce. It's like, I think it's like pro plus or pro premium. And it's only available if you have a hundred or like over six figures, like monthly subscribers, which is an astounding amount of revenue as a creator and everything. There is this, like, I think there are those things out there as long as like people are putting things out there. And I think, part of that is trying to shift from that mindset of like, you don't have a right to complain because you're lucky to be here of like, because it's the same as like, I would say it, this is a direct parallel to like the American workforce now, of like struggling to keep employees because for a long time, there was this idea of like, you're lucky to have a job. It's like, no, I could find another job. Like things are out there, like seeing your own power value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm kind of facing that uh, right now in the job market myself. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, um, I'm not going to talk about that yet, though. Yeah, but, no, definitely. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the there's got to be a paradigm shift. There's got to be a change of perspective. That you know, think things. You can't continue doing more of the same and expecting change, right? There's got to be dramatic change in in thought process. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that I know what that is, you know, the the exact right answer. Um, all I have is suggestions. I mean, things that I believe, and some of it I believe wholeheartedly. Um, you know, can like those standards, those just those little tiny things go a long way, in my opinion, with audience members. But um Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we gotta get past that, you know, you're lucky to have anything at all. And 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 I don't know if complaining is the right word. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't even know if I want to use constructive criticism, but like having having mutually beneficial conversations, um, you know, this is what we'd like to see. How can we get there? You know, what what can we do, everybody do together to to improve that? And, you know, again, I mean, taking into consideration, as we talked about in the last episode, that that promoters right now aren't making a lot of money either. Right. I mean, yeah. athletes are the primary source of revenue for the vast more majority of, um, you know, but how can we, how can we work together, um, to, to improve these standards and, and agree on some standards to improve the sport overall and make it more attractive, more palatable, right. All around. 
because um, again, I I really think that all levels contribute to the overall image of of the sport. Yeah, and I think a part of it, the core comes from like that concept of like after a while you have to jump in and just do it. Of like this idea of I think sometimes it's this idea of like wanting a well-run show, but not wanting to volunteer or not wanting to compete unless it's a really well-run show. And like these cycles. Well, I I will, I will actually argue that that's, that's one way to improve standards. Right. I'm not going to compete at your shows if if you run a shitty show like that. We, we kind of, you know, as, as athletes being, you know, the customer, if you will, uh, for the promoter, like I'm going to vote with my dollar and I'm going to take it to somebody that's putting on better competitions. That's that, you know, that's one way that we do that. Right. I mean, stop supporting promoters that aren't, you know, having some minimum standards, right. Again, like we can't ask for the world because they're not, you know, they're, they're volunteering their time and, and putting, uh, you know, not making a lot of money, if any on it. I mean, I know in the past I've spent my own money on shows that I've promoted. <laughs> yeah. Know, the, um, but but you know, if you're gonna do it, let's let's do it and do it well, right? Um, and if you can't do it well, don't do it. I think, yeah, because I think an interesting thing is just like, because I think it's always important of like, part of it is that cultural shift of moving away from thinking that any feedback that's not a hundred percent, this is great, is negative. Of like, I think one of the most disastrous things is this idea that like anything less than five star or five star rating is a bad rating. It's like, no, three is supposed to be passable, four is supposed to be decent. And I think there is like a cultural shift behind that of this idea of saying like, you, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And it's like, feedback is good. These ideas of like trying to improve things are good because there are possible solutions I've been thinking of that would be, interesting to try to work out and everything would be because one of my friends is trying to run a show next year and everything is this idea of something you think of like it's a hundred dollars to enter the show but if let's say you submit your like kind of like an audition tape and everything showing you do some of the lifts like you might actually be forced to be compete and open if you can do these like somewhat qualifiers but you do that qualifier your entry 75 dollars. but it also is a free ad for the event of like this idea of weighing out the implements like that's a free idea like that's a free way to promote the event and i think trying to generate the excitement because at the end of the day the beautiful thing about the internet is we're in a planet over 7 billion people all you need is a few thousand people who are interested in supporting what you do and everything like there is a large pool from that if done well but i think it's you have to have people who are really committed and everything like this idea of not necessarily like trying to move people from being passive consumers to like eventually being involved but you have to make it a sport worth being involved in this idea of because it's a vicious cycle you think the shores the show's poorly run, so not enough people show up. So then you raise the prices, so then less people show up and less yeah, people get a get a hint, dude. <laughs> yeah. Of this idea hint. of I think like trying to support your local shows of like helping volunteer if you can, like buying merchandise and like, but also as a promoter, realizing like there are those ways to get yourself out there and everything, because at the end of the day. 
it, it's great not to have strong opinions, but you also want to offer good solutions or offer any yeah. solutions, I think, because there is like the biggest push really is trying to move things forward of like moving, like continuing the progress on the sport and saying like feedback, like constructive criticism even sometimes has its own negative connotations when in fact, like feedback is the best way to improve and everything. If, mm -hmm. if at the end of the day, you see it with workforces and so many things that they're like, if you did gave us anything less than a five star, like, why did you give a bad rating? And that's like, no, ideally all these five-star things has made it so you actually don't know what the quality of something is because like you're either essentially motivated to give five stars so you get your gift card from Amazon or whatever business, or if you give anything less, they'll give you a discount or something and like you'll take your bad review down. So then it's this idea yeah. of saying you want to push people forward, but so it's kind of like a shift in attitudes, kind of a paradigm shift. And I think it's happening slowly. Like, I think there are those things like, once again, like massive shout out to like everyone doing the Clash series and stuff of like, it changed the game of this idea of like trying to get more people interested in like these things going on of like standardizing events, but also like getting people interested in that idea of trying to move things away from just like people only caring about those guys at the top, the top 10 people competing for world strongest man. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, again, it's, it's glorification of dominant strength, right? So yeah. the top people should be the ones that yeah. are cared about the most, right? That's the that's yeah. the point of this sport, right? It's unfortunate, you know, for the, those yeah. of us that aren't the top 10, but yeah. that's the point of the sport, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and I, you know, speaking about culture, you know, I think the culture shift is more, you know, not so much that, that, uh, you know, nobody can, can take feedback, um, necessarily, but the culture has moved to like, we have to pat everybody on the back and make everybody feel good. You know, 24 hours a day, like no matter how bad you did, dude, you did amazing, right? This was the best thing you're going to go so far and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, Again, you don't have to be, you don't have to criticize. That's, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't think constructive criticism is the right word, but having constructive conversation, right, yeah. um, for sure is, is beneficial. But 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 also, I mean, if, if somebody just did a really bad job, like I I, I come from an old school of thought, like they, they don't need a pat on the back, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell them that they did a bad job, like because I'm kind of one of those people too. Um, you know, I trained in a, in, in a facility for a brief time, once and and the thing that actually drove me away that drove me nuts is that when i had a bad day in the gym i was still told like how amazing i i did and that that i'm certainly going to win my next show and i'm like not dude be honest with me be honest with me like because like that's not the performance that's going to win a show right like i want people to tell me that that you know if you want to win you got to do better man like that wasn't good enough uh, but that's me personally. Right. That, yeah. so, I mean, actually, I actually left cause I didn't, I don't want to be paid lip service, right. Paying people list yeah. services is dishonest. It's disingenuous. Um, you know, you don't have to be brutally honest with everybody, but, but honesty is, is the only way that we're going to really, uh, understand where improvement needs to, to happen. I mean, we can't just keep freaking, you know, 
stepping around the truth because because everybody's feelings are going to get hurt right i mean that's that's the culture shift that i see you know yeah. when i started the sport you know um it was it wasn't maybe as extreme as what you see in like west side videos right these guys with like <laughs> high testosterone and just like fucking down each other's throats but but there was yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't a fucking safe zone either right we, we yeah. weren't we weren't you know paying everybody lift service because we were worried that someone was going to get offended. And I mean, that's, that's where we're at now. And, and that is, in my opinion, really halting conver good conversation, right? That gets back to that whole cult kind of mentality. Like you, you're not allowed to say anything because somebody's poor feelings are going to get hurt. It's like, you know, I'm not setting out to hurt anybody's feelings, but you know, if your feelings do get hurt, like that's really on you. Right listen to the message, not, you know, stop worrying about like every, or hanging, you know, on every single word and wearing your feelings on your sleeve. Like we, we got to have some real conversations again, if, if we really want to progress the sport to a point, you know, and, and maybe I should have clarified a long time ago, you know, from my perspective, the reason I have a lot of these opinions is because I really want to see the sport. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, the sport becoming, you know, getting money into it. Right. And, you know, if that's where we want to go, right. We've got to stop like of the avoidance, the avoidance of these conversations. And, and, and then, you know, like you kind of had mentioned with promoters, right. Um, adding some legitimacy or value or whatever to the shows. I mean, there's probably various ways they can do that. Um, you know, uh, I, I agree 100% that promoters need to stop, you know, and I know there's promoters out there that are that have a zero tolerance for people being in the wrong, wrong weight class or the wrong class, right? I mean, I yeah. hear those, um, like, there's no way you're a novice, you're going into the open. That's, that is the mentality we need, right across the board. Um, it's the ones that aren't doing that. It's the ones that are letting things slide. It's the ones that are, you know, um, yeah, I'm gonna avoid that. I was gonna point out a situation, but it'll identify somebody. So, um, but we gotta make sure that actually, you don't have to make sure. I want to see. I would love to see that all promoters start pushing that that kind of uh, thought process. Um, you know, pushing people to be better, pushing them up out of novice because they don't belong in novice. Like you know. We, kind of mentioned earlier on if you're doing if you're doing double digit reps you're one motioning the atlas stone right you're one motioning the lock you're not a dude you're not a novice like yeah. that's not novice <laughs> you know it's a go into I, amateur i mean really the lowest level amateur shows are essentially novice anyway yeah right? why, why you know which kind of begs the question sometimes why do we need to have extra novice <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there, there's gotta be a paradigm shift, I think. And straw man is, is kind of, to me, should be the last bastion of, of glorification of, of absolute dominance of strength, right? It should be the last bastion of, you know, this is not maybe for everyone. This is not the, the, the participation sport that it, that you're looking for. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what it has become, but, um, you know, I'd love to see it kind of. I don't want things to go backwards, but uh, I would like it like it to kind of stick to its roots. I'd like to get back to the roots of strongman. Yeah, because I think that is key of like trying to 
push people to be better because there is that idea of, I think if we're going to have a novice category, which I think it's interesting, that idea of not having a novice category and stuff of like having an open thing of like, because there are so many things, if it's a max event, like maybe you start slightly lower, but like have these things that are accessible and everything. But there is that idea I think people need to move away from is like novice isn't, I've never done strongman before. Like novice is like, I'm new to lifting in general because so many people are like, oh, I've never done a strongman show. I've just been a competitive power lifter or weightlifter for several years. And you're like, wait, so national records, but I'm a novice yeah. today. Yeah, I'm novice today, <laughs> but like I can bench press three plates comfortably. You're like, that's not like if you're doing literally hundreds of pounds of things just in your normal workouts, like maybe this isn't for you because there is the open, because I think the hardest thing is then you have, and it feeds up of like, you have people getting invited to nationals by default because they're the only ones in their class, or you have people who should have been in that class who are in the novice thing. So I think trying to encourage people to like push their boundaries, because there is that, like, like you said, I think that fear of feedback, like, it's funny, one of my friends, Whenever I post anything on Instagram, he only ever gives feedback. Like it's never like awesome job, like the fire emojis and stuff that people always do, the nice work and everything. Every time he's like, he's like, you did, you, your form was bad. Like this could be better. And it's funny because he was like, he's like legitimate, right? Again, yeah. you know, don't be a dick just to be a dick. But I mean, if it's, yeah. if it's legitimate, like, yeah, I have no problem telling people that either. Like if they yeah. post something that's incorrect, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it's incorrect. Like, yeah, it's not, I'm not trying to, it, it's not about being a dick. It's just, you know, Hey, yeah. heads up, heads up. And like you was saying, he was like, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't give you feedback and everything exactly. because is that idea of like, it's interesting. It's the same as um, like, let's say like I've had it in the past where like friends do a food truck and everything. And like, I've gone in and like tried the food and been like, this is either missing, missing seasoning or it's just not good. And like one time I said, one of my friends running like a small Mexican restaurant and I was like, I, I don't want to be rude, but I don't think there's any seasoning in the refried beans, which is like the basis for so many of the things. And they like checked with the person in the morning was like, oh my God, I forgot to add salt and everything. And it was interesting because like no one else said anything, but how many people would just be like, this was a bad experience. I'm not coming back and everything like that's much more damaging. And I think it's this idea of saying like, we have opinions because we care and like, we want to help people. And that's a great, that's a great fucking point, man. Um, You know, we could, we should have led with that. (laughs) Um, Cause 'cause that's, that's exactly it, man. Like I'm the reason I'm so passionate about some of this stuff is because I, I do care. I care a lot. Um, And because if I didn't, we wouldn't be here talking. Uh, I wouldn't be cursing up a storm when something, you know, that really bothers me uh, is brought up because um, yeah. I do care. I care about the sport. Um, I care about a lot of athletes, right? I don't care about all of them, um, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I care about the guys that have put in the work. Right. Uh, those are the guys that, and I don't speak for anybody, but myself, of course, but, um, but those are the guys that I, I really care about. Right. And, and, you know, kind of, you, you mentioned novices getting an invite to nationals, like, does it, I don't know if it matters 
really in the big scheme of things other than it adds bodies to an already just like shit show to begin with and yeah. makes everything take longer but um the the we don't get much in strongman to begin with right um there's no money the titles don't mean shit really you know but but the very little that we do get is titles and and a little bit of prestige that's the that's the most value return that we get um and it and it means something to to some athletes right that hey i i earned my way to nationals yeah but here i am surrounded by novices who haven't paid their dues right and now the prestige of me getting here is completely diluted um you know that that was that was a big deal for I'm, i'm not saying it was a big deal for me like you know that 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 carries a bit of value right um getting to be called a pro even though you know that's a controversial title also and i've said for a very long time that you know professional means that you're making a living from your profession right yeah it's not it's not a card that somebody gave you while prestige while a prestigious title right and those guys that have pro cards absolutely fucking earned them right um a card doesn't make you a professional uh, but you know, but it carries it carries weight to be called a pro. Like you earned that, man. Um, and nobody should be able to call themselves a pro who has not earned it. And and you know, it's kind of the same thing with novice getting invited, right? Anybody getting to call themselves a pro is like it's kind of an insult to the ones that are that earned that title. Yeah. Like lack of standards right i mean it's just it's this this concept of you know this is for everyone just kind of growing over the sport and i mean i don't know what's next like world championships are for everyone right yeah <laughs> we're all world champions now too you know yeah i think um, yeah it's a it's an interesting idea because i think the nice thing is here's one thing this is just an aside about the podcast is i think using positive clips as the like intro to Instagram to be like, this is a good way because sometimes our best points actually come after like an hour of talking and everything. Sure. So it's like yeah, we don't want anybody to miss those. Promo. I, don't, I don't know if everybody will listen to like our entire spiel every time. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think the important having, parts up front. Yeah. Like a, getting a good 90 second clip, because I think it's that idea of like, I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of like a small picture of life in and of itself that like you have to work at something and keep doing it to get better of like working through things. It won't necessarily come right away, but I think it's this idea of, I mean, what was it? I drove for Uber and like only did enough to get my introductory bonus. But if your rating goes below 4.6, you're not allowed to be on the road. You have to pay $60 for a driving class and you have to like do all this, but everyone knows that. So you give this inflated rating system where like you don't want to take someone off the road. So like unless they do really, really awful, you're going to give them five stars and so many things. And this idea of like trying to make athletes and people realize like I want to get I want to really know if I'm like getting that three stars and everything. I don't want to fake five star and everything because it is this idea of you you don't necessarily improve unless you're going out there because i think sometimes there was this false dichotomy of people are like 
either you give people floaties and keep them in the shallow end or you throw them in the ocean. And it's like, no, there is a deep end. Like, and I think more people should be in that deep end. And I think because that's where you really learn to swim. Like you don't learn to swim, not pushing yourself. That's where you earn your place at the table, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's where you earn the right to, I mean, it should be where you earn the right to uh, higher level competitions, right? That's where you earn the right to titles. That's where you earn, you know, bragging rights, in my opinion, is, you know, giving, giving all of that to novice athletes is like the, the complete opposite again of, of the entire spirit of strumming. It's, uh, yeah, you know, this is not, we're no longer glorifying, uh, strength and the dominance of strength. We're glorifying mediocrity and it's, and, and frankly, in my opinion, it's, you know, it's a black eye to the sport. Yeah. And I think there is that, thing of you want people to be pushing themselves because we all get better for it and yeah. like having Absolutely. someone close to you who's like pushing you makes a huge difference than if you're at on your own and everything because you realize like some of the best performances i see by people in novice are like these lightweight guys who are having to go against people in their 230s everything and i think that brings that idea of like <clears throat> being pushing more people to like be out there against people who they can really compete against and everything. Because I think at this point, once novice becomes like, weirdly enough to say, once it becomes too competitive, like it is in so many things, your, your actual novices might not sign up because they're watching these guys who are cutting from a 105 kilos down to a hundred kilos. So they can be a novice. actual new guys now. Right. So you probably, you're probably hitting on something that's probably the reality is this, it becomes a vicious cycle now because you've got guys that are, are should be up in higher weight classes, just sticking around a novice beating on the actual new guys. Right. Yeah. And giving them this impression that, you know, they're never going to, to rise up because they're just, they're, they're essentially getting bullied by guys that don't belong there. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it it would be like me going in and jumping into a, a freaking level one under two thirty one show, right? Local. Um, yeah. You know, just, I, why would I do that? Like <laughs> other than my ego needs to be fed apparently, you know, which is, yeah. I mean, is, is mentally weak, right? <laughs> Pro, pros going and competing against no, novices, right? That would just be like yeah. mental weakness. And that's the main thing is I think people, it's funny because you even have people who will be like, fuck your feelings. Like you like, here's the facts and everything. But then it's funny seeing some of these same guys who like won't push themselves out of their comfort zone and stuff. You're not going to do an event unless you can podium. You're not going to do this unless you know, you can get more than one rep. And it's yeah. like, really, look, man, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people. This is where I'm, you know, I, my my feelings kind of go to, you know, maybe strongman shouldn't be for everyone, but it yeah. is unfortunately now. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that don't want to, they surround themselves by people that are weaker than them because their egos can't handle it. Like, yeah. there's there are those people, right? Those people that just, they, you got novices going to novices for coaching, <laughs> right? I don't know if it's because they don't know better or it's because they feel more comfortable. They don't, you know, they don't want, I mean, I've had people tell me before that like, 
hanging around me as emasculating. I'm like, I'm not doing anything to emasculate, emasculate you, dude. I'm just lifting. Like, yeah, you know, um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't, they can't, they can't handle that. They can't handle people being better than them. Um, and you want to embrace for those people. It's unfortunate for those people, but, you know, yeah. strongman again, my opinion is, uh, is, it has always, was always rooted in the glorification of dominant strength, not mediocrity. And, but unfortunately we're kind of at a point of mediocrity now. Um, and I think you know, that's the main thing that I think makes that difference of, I think trying to have more people embrace being okay with being average, but wanting to be better than that a little bit, because there is this idea of like, everyone wants to feel like they're five stars. So they only hang out with people who make them feel like they're five stars. And it's like this idea of like being afraid of feeling emasculated and everything. Like that's how you rise up. Like some of the most fun I've had lifting and stuff is like lifting against someone who like, you shouldn't, you have no reason to go against them. Like just to feel that, like, it was funny to like a few weekends ago, do this last man standing deadlift event with no weight classes. You saw everyone do way better than they would have otherwise, because they were like, there's no weight classes. You're just pushing yourself. There wasn't that sense of like, you have guys who probably had more in them, but they're stopping because they dominated the little guys and everything. Yeah. I think this dude, that happens at the top yeah. too, right? Yeah. But, but to me, like, that's okay. You're at the top. Yeah. Like, yeah you're so fucking strong like this is you are dominating the very top of your weight class or the top of the sport like yeah that's awesome to me but yeah like you said doing it against new athletes like you're a fucking bully man that's that's yeah. really what you are and i think that's the thing of like because it is a vicious circle then people don't want to compete because it looks too competitive and the weights are going up too high to like incorporate these guys who are sticking in novice who shouldn't be and everything and there is this idea of i don't necessarily like know how it changes but like people we're surrounded in an industry where everyone talks about embracing the suck or like embrace discomfort embrace hardship and it's like then really do hard shit like actually do it like push yourself like go like you said that idea of like seeing someone try their best and like coming in almost last place at a show, there's more honor in that than dominating something that you had no business being in. Exactly. Because there is, once you're at the very top, yes, you should be dominating because that's what world strongest man is. Like you really want that competition. But I think yeah. there often is this idea of like, I don't want to do something unless I do well at it. And I think we're all guilty of it. I mean, I haven't actually done very many creative endeavors in my life because I was like, I don't know, unless it's perfect, I'm too scared to do it, put it out there. While we haven't actually put out the first episode and we might actually panic after it, like, and I could eat my words, but I think in reality, like simply jumping in the deep end is the only way you're ever going to learn how to swim. And I think there oftentimes is this fear of like, I'm not going to jump in the deep end until I'm Michael Phelps. And it's like, Michael Phelps didn't do it that way. Why would anyone else like, because there is that idea. There's nothing like, wrong with having fear, man. Fear, fear keeps us, yeah. keeps us safe and keeps us smart. Right. I mean, yeah. Only really, I mean, in my opinion, only stupid people have zero fear. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. okay. Right. It's okay to be afraid. 
but but you know be afraid but still still try right i mean you have to conquer you know that's part of having fears is conquering your fears right that's part of that's part of growth again growing as a human being period like every from from the first time your first breath to your first time opening your eyes to your first step right the first time going to school was all all rooted in fear to begin with for the vast majority of us right yeah and as we went through life we conquered those fears we grew and we became better we we acclimated to our environment right we 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 became more educated um whatever it is right we became better at walking, better at running, better at swimming, right? Better lifting. We became stronger, we became smarter, you know, whatever it is, it all started with, with a fear, right? Um, it's just a matter of how much you let that fear control you and hold you back. Um, yeah. And I think there is that like <clears throat> really being willing to face your fears and like face being willing to face your fears and accept feedback and criticism is the best way we grow and everything. It's this idea of people. I mean, you even see that. I mean, you talk to some coaches who they're like, yeah, some of my athletes or some of my clients don't send me form videos or they won't send them from the angle that I really need. Like a side angle of deadlift doesn't feel great. Always filming it and everything with like, that's yeah. the way you improve is these uncomfortable moments that like my friend, bam, every time he's like, gives feedback he's like no because i want i want to see you do better and everything and the thing is i want i want to do better like that's the same reason why it's like i want to surround myself with people like you who are stronger and give that inspiration and like keep that fire and everything because i think everyone and like like you've talked about it too of like you you never want to be the strongest man in the room. You never want to be the smartest man in the room. I want to fight to be that, but I don't actually like, I don't want to be that to be my day-to-day -day life and everything. Like I want to be the best at everything I can do, but you want to be surrounded by people who do it better than you. So you can keep learning. There is yeah. that idea of like, if like, you like think, clearly, yeah. I think, you know, if you're, if you're the smartest person on the planet, I mean, that's an achievement, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. And Definitely. Be, Once you be the strongest man on the planet, that's a huge achievement, right? Um, yeah. There's a point, and you, and you and and honestly, the stronger you get, I mean, the fewer people you find that that are stronger than you. So, yeah. but I mean, that is kind of like, you know, the, the connotation isn't that I don't ever want to be the strongest because oh certainly yeah, I do certainly I do. But on that journey, right? It's the journey to being yeah. the very best. Is that is that I want to be surrounded by people that are better than me on that journey to being the best. Should I ever achieve being the best? Well, then I've achieved, I mean, you, you just won life, right? Basically. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? You want to win life. Not all of us will win life, but um, on that journey, right. Just want to be clear that the journey is, is to be surrounded by people better than you. But as you climb the ranks and everything, no matter what, what, what it is in life, um, you're going to slowly find that fewer and fewer people are going to uh, challenge, you know, that aspect of being better than you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to find think... fewer people better than you, right? And, you know, maybe, maybe you know, at the very top is kind of a lonely place. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at some point, I guess you've got to, you have to allow people that are not as good as you to be in your circle. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. But, um, I mean, 
I mean, I certainly do. I mean, I have good friends that don't. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. Mean, right. But yeah. But um, but yeah, when I'm training, if I train with people, I want to train with people who are better than me. Yeah. So it, it's a double edged sword because I think there is that idea of like the healthiest competition I've seen is like the person who's at the top but wants to be beaten. That person who's at the top who's giving their competitors advice and everything. Like to me, there's nothing more impressive than that to be like, I'm going for first place and I'm going to see how well you can do to get to first place because I want it to be real. And like, sometimes they talk about like, almost like having, when people have a somewhat like toxic mindset or approach to it of like, I don't want anyone near me. And it's like, you want people nipping at your heels. Like you want people. So, so not necessarily like, I don't want to be the strongest in the room or the smartest. Like it's not I that. Earn, I want to earn yeah. that title. Right. That's, I mean, that yeah. is so, so, you know, we kind of talked about where, you know, sport in a lot of ways, like I think, I think a big chunk of it has kind of veered away from that spirit, but that spirit still lives at the top, right? The guys that are at the top, like they, they, they earned being there. Right. And, yeah. and that mentality, you know, exists at the very, very top of the sport. There's no question about it. There's not a lot of guys that want to go and have an easy win um, yeah. because it's not, dude, it, 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 who, who wants to, win an event or a competition because your best competitor hurt himself right or you know just screwed up or didn't have the equipment he needed right i mean yeah. you know i mean i'll say when there's money on the line i think that may change the dynamic a, a little bit because he's you know you still want that money but um yeah. nobody you know it, it's just like i i don't even if i make a mistake if like if i post um, you know, a lift and I realized later that I posted the wrong weight. I usually correct myself because it doesn't matter to anybody. Right. But it matters yeah. to me. It matters to me that I'm, I'm honest and that I'm, I'm not saying that I've done something that I didn't do. Right. And, yeah. and I think you find that a lot more at the top of the sport guys are, you know, they want to be recognized for their actual legitimate, um, effort. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so that spirit still, you know, lives in strongman at the upper echelons of the sport for and sure. I think that's the interesting thing that I've noticed actually as someone who's like relatively new to so many things in string sports, it's interesting because the guys at the top will be much more helpful than many of the people who can be in the middle of like, it's kind of like that bell curve of it's interesting of you have people who are very new to things who can sometimes be like, kind and like exciting and then like people at the top and everything and sometimes the people who are some of the people who can be kind of the worst in any sport are those people who are never going to be at the top but just want to be better than everyone at the bottom and it's like no you want to be better than everyone and you want the people around you to genuinely push you that way i think yeah. this idea mm -hmm. of like not wanting people to succeed because they might pass you by it's like we're all going like we, you, you want us all to get to the finish line and everything, because like that makes a good race and everything. Like you said, yeah. it's interesting when you see athletes almost being bummed out when like the person above them gets injured because they're like, this doesn't feel like I really earned my place and everything like this idea. Yeah. of, I mean, you watch, it's a funny show to watch my wife and I occasionally check it out, but like forged in fire, it's like comparing these swords of like seeing who's the better blacksmith of like, you can see the look of disappointment on someone's eyes when like they win by a technicality or like the other person's yeah, yeah. Thing, bro. 
book so they don't get to like go the full mile. And I think you want, overall, I think the main lesson is like, you want to view competition as healthy of you want to feel pushed and everything. You want to be pushing your limits and pushing the people around you because that's how we all get better. And so I think this idea of you see some people who perpetually only stay in one gym or one place that they can dominate everything. And it's like, no, you want to keep moving up and everything. Eventually you'll get to the mountaintop, but hopefully at the mountaintop, you're trying to like, see, you want actual people competing against you. You don't want to sit there of like, making sure it's not a good show of like, you want to be Brian Shaw cheering on Trey Kennedy, who's winning his title event and everything. You want to be like in that mindset of being, you want your wins to be genuine across all levels and everything. Like you want to win against people. And I guess that's why you, so maybe I said it wrong when I said, I never want to be the strongest or smartest person in the room, but you want to be surrounded by peers who are all going the same place and everything. You want to be surrounded by a weight class that you belong in and everything. Most of us do. Well, maybe not most of us, but certainly some of us that do, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think many people do because there are, I mean, when I say that bell curve of people are doing great, like I'd include you as one of those people who's like, and I think there are, I think it's out there of like people wanting to improve things and everything because I genuinely... I tend to be more like an eternal optimist about the way things are going because like you have to want to keep pushing forward and everything. There is this idea of when people feel like they've arrived and everything, it's like, you want to keep going. Like eventually you do want to arrive and everything, but realizing the journey is the most important part, but also you want those wins and that competition to be authentic. So it is like, absolutely. Yeah. Overall, I think, we're coming up on a good place. Do you have any final thoughts before we finish the recording? I, mean, I think we kind of beat it to death this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I think this was a good one and everything. We'll have plenty to work with. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you. Yeah. Around. So, I mean, that was, that, was a, that was an interesting conversation.